All right, you boozy McBoozerson. All right, are, are we are we diving into this thing? We're diving right into this All drink. Right. Cheers. Salud. That is. That's not bad. Quite good, but there is a lot of absinthe flavor in there. Yeah, and that's like interesting. One third of the absinthe to gin ratio, right? It's. I think. I think we got the sweetness pretty pretty good. Yeah. It's. It's got. It's got just enough to, to kind of knock the the rest of it down a little bit. <laughs> and the grenadine. It's funny. The grenadine. Oh, we should sit back actually. The grenadine has a, a nice finish at the end. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. You know, it's not. Not that cloying sort of sweet. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. Kind of like a licorice candy. Delightful. Yeah. Delightful. It's refreshing. Yeah. Maybe I might cut back on the lime a little bit. I don't know. It's got a lot of lime juice in there. Yeah. Worth worth playing around with. But yeah, it's interesting. Um, this was uh somebody's a riff on a riff on a on a regular cocktail called the or uh, an actual cocktail called La Dimon Verte. La Dimon Verte. La Dimon Verte. La Demon Verde. Yes, the green, the green demon. demon. Um, which the the original recipe is uh, absinthe gin, um, falernum. Which I've heard of, but I don't know if I've it's ever a, had. It's a liqueur, a syrupy liqueur that I don't think exists anywhere in this state. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tried a couple of places. I, I couldn't. I couldn't find it on short notice. Um, but it was it was a sweetness, um, and. And a little bit of lime, mm. so we substituted grenadine for the uh, <laughs> falernum for the falernum, <laughs> um, which was a uh, it, it's a sweetness is not not quite as a, a complex sweetness as I think the falernum would have been. But you have a fairly complex gin. Yes, packs in the Ungava Canadian gin. Those Canadians are so complicated. It does. It has. A, yeah, it's a, it's a really a, a hearty a hearty gin. A hearty gin. Not not super spicy, but you know it's it's got a lot going on. Um, and I think it works well in this. Yeah, I agree. I love ungava. Yeah, the rose the rose gin and the ungava are my favorite gin. Yeah, both both from our friends in Canada. So uh, I did not know you were two feet eight inches tall. According to my son, that I is am. a surprise. Yeah, apparently I am taller than his grandfather, though, which is good. <laughs> his grandfather, who's a good, you know, you've met Hugh. He was on the podcast. He's obviously taller than me. He's only two feet, according to my son. So I am a giant in the eyes of my child. I guess. Um, and you, your job is you you work pushing buttons, which is pretty. You know, <laughs> yeah, there's some accuracy there. Eric was like, I was kind of disappointed when I gave Simon this like Mad Lib Father's Day thing because he was really logical with his answers. And when he was like a year, a year and two years ago, when they used to do these kind of things at daycare. He would come up with the craziest, bonkers answers. <laughs> but now he's, like, trying to think more logically. Yeah. 42? Yeah, I'm, it's... That's close. It is kind of close. Yeah, that's within half a, little... a decade either way. Yeah. That's pretty good. <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised that's uh, uh, brown hair. Yeah. yeah. Sure. And uh, brown eyes. I haven't, I haven't checked, but sure. You haven't looked at my eyes lately? I have not. Your your favorite food is vegetables. Oh well, I, that's fairly accurate. You you you're pretty you're pretty wide ranging in your uh, your food taste, but I'll, I'll definitely accept I'm an that. As a, that's a good answer. It's a it good is answer. a good answer. And your favorite color is brown. Not true, but you know, um, one out I, of ten. You got no. brown everywhere else, mm-hmm. so why not make that your favorite? I mean, why do you think my eyes and hair are brown? <laughs> because it's my favorite color. Uh, you always say Simon. Aww. That's uh, it's adorable. Simon, Simon, uh, Simon. 
And and you like to eat. Yes. Uh, vegetables, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he sees Among me eat things. a lot, so yeah. I'm sure that doesn't seem out of the realm of possibility for his reality. Yeah. Uh, you get happy when uh, he, your son does stuff that you want him to do. Right. Sure. Like clean That's... up his toys and be nice. Mm, very logical. Yeah. Uh, and you love your son because he's so nice. Ah, <laughs> oh, this is just dripping with adorableness. I know, right? <laughs> and and he loves you because you're so nice. We're oh my God, I have, I must go vomit now. Nice family, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, quick, drink some more of this oh, drink. Oh, there we go. <laughs> some more candy. Time Hi. for this baby. <laughs> Hi, we are Buddies in Space. You are... S. Michael Smith, and you are... M. Michael Karasi, and joining us is Absa-fucking-lutely nobody. Or Absinthe. Absinthe-lutely <laughs> nobody. We are taking a, a break from the guests, although they will... Word has gotten now. People are staying away from us now, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. Well, you can only like, oh, flog... Oh, Karasi. Don't talk. Don't look him in the eyes. Don't look him in the eyes. You can only flog so many guests <laughs> off air before it starts to get out. Yeah. I'm just saying, I got a human centipede of, like, eight guests. Um, the good news is, though, that you have uh, you have entered a whole new world of guest possibilities. A whole <laughs> new world, a new job of co-workers. Yes, that so, is true. And so we'll yeah. be mining that uh, in the next episode. You've officially started your new job uh, at this point. Yeah, not last week. And how are you liking it? I am liking it a great deal. And you're not just, you're not winking, which is weird. <laughs> you don't have your fingers crossed, you know, you're not like shaking your head when you say that. You're just straight not up saying, like, yeah. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> let, let, let's, let's dial a little back into Mike's history here for a bit. <laughs> All, right. All right. So, you know, you see my evolution over the years. I used to be, have much more of an edge. Yeah. Over, uh, many years ago. So when I used to work for Wegmans... I, Wegmans is very well known for having, you know, being a a great place to work and very caring to its employees, mm-hmm. which was not what I was about at all. I did not give two shits about that. <laughs> I wanted to make money and then move to New York City. That's all I cared about. I'm not proud of it, but that's where I was at. <laughs> <laughs> and so I didn't appreciate that aspect of the company. I thought it was kind of lame and weird and cultish. Yes. Which I'm not the only one to have thought that. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Fast, fast forward. I mean, better got to be better than tops, right? Well, yeah. I mean, then we get the cult, <laughs> and they never mop. Tops never mops. So fast forward many years. I've had many jobs. I survived seven years in the tech industry. You had like one job that went through many iterations, iterations. many iterations and owners at the I same. Know. I know. I kept joking. Like I've only had one job for the last seven years, yeah. but. <laughs> My employer and my role have changed so drastically that you really could argue it's been many jobs. But, um, so fast forward, uh, so that was 2008-ish. Mm-hmm. 10 years. So ten, So fast forward 10 years, I very much want to drink the Kool-Aid. <laughs> right? <laughs> so I left tech. I, I had a good team. I got along great with my boss. I learned a lot from a lot of people, but tech has a lot... That I don't like, especially in the training arena. It's all reactionary, mm-hmm. putting out fires, and there's training emergencies. You know, it mm-hmm. doesn't need to be. It's there's just... there's always something new that somebody's trying to, you know, work up instructions and things for. Right? Badly. Yeah. Yeah, and it just felt like you know not enough forethought. It's just it's technology. I don't I don't think it was any one job I'm ever going to have. It's going to be different than the other in the tech industry. 
So I so I, I got out of tech. I'm out of tech. I'm in a completely different industry. It it feels quaint at times, <laughs> but that's what I wanted. I knew what I was getting into. You know, Mel, your wife was very upfront about <laughs> our employer. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone I've met is very nice. It's and in, she loves it there. I know, Absolutely and she's like it. me. She's got a bit of an edge like me. Yeah. So that was the earliest for a year and a half ago. Whenever she started, I thought that's really odd. Are, are we mentioning the name? I mean, is there, okay, no. No, I never, no. I never right. mention uh, current employers. Okay, but uh, this this employer also has an excellent reputation in mm-hmm. in the area. One of the top um, rated employers in the country. Yes, and from from everything I know, from what I've heard. Uh, one of the things that makes it stand out is that there is a constant emphasis on, on just customer service. And, uh, well, it and actually, it's, it's before that is the constant emphasis on employee satisfaction. Okay. Cause there's the thinking that I've seen in other, in hospitality and at Wegmans too, where if you really take care of your employees, mm-hmm. then the customer can only benefit mm-hmm. cause the employee, there's, there's greater retention. There's a, there's a greater sense of satisfaction and happiness, you know, and so the customers benefit from that. Mm-hmm. And this company's been around for almost 100 years. So. And, and and a focus on the community in general. And that was a big thing I wanted. I w- was working for a company that had, was so big, I just had no sense of place in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't feel connected to my community anymore, which I used to when the company's previous companies were smaller. So, yeah. Uh, and I, I've been meeting with people in my department and they own things um, like the community outreach stuff, of which there's multiple initiatives and it's just really cool. It's really cool to be in a company that I can feel really proud to be a part of. Well, great. Yeah. And I'm new at it, but so funny thing. So I, you know, gave my notice. I did my full two weeks in my previous job mm-hmm. and I gave myself like two days before two I Two days off. Two days, two two days, days of, of unemployment. Yeah. Okay. And I said, okay, I need you to do an entire summer's <laughs> worth of projects around the house because I'm not going to have any time off for three months. You're going to have weekends. And, you know, that's not, yeah, but I don't. And, and regular holidays. Yeah. But my son's home during those. So, and I, and I, my family, my, my family is my, where I devote my time on the weekends. Okay. So I'm going from a job where I had tons of PTO banked and I work from home. Mm -hmm. So I did in, in a four day span, I double power washed, hand scrubbed, and then sealed my driveway, patio and walkway. I... Power washed, hand scrubbed, and then did two coats of stain, rolling, and back brushing on my deck. Cemented my son's swing set down, finally. Patched the holes in the cement, giving a whole new fascia to the uh, patio. <laughs> I was fucking busy. <laughs> you, you, you win the suburbs. There you go. I do win the suburbs. Congratulations, yes. you have won thank suburbs. You, thank you. I'd like to <laughs> thank the suburb, Suburban Academy. And uh, my point is that I didn't ever give myself downtime between my old job and my new job. Mm-hmm. So I'm coming from tech and I'm going to an industry that's not as frenetic as tech. So I just hit the ground running. So I like within my first like four days, I was getting some comments like you do not seem like you're new. <laughs> so I'm like, I just I, this is all I know. I haven't had any downtime. I'm just, you know, working it. Well, good. Yeah, good. And I, I from what I've I've heard, um, I think that that will be a good supportive environment for your level of energy. I think so, yeah. I don't want to lose I think it. they will just keep feeding you more and more things to do if, if that's what you want. <laughs> that's, I like variety. And my boss saw that very quickly. She's like, all right, well, she was giving me my projects the second day. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no, there wasn't like a form. Like, I'm not even doing new hire training for another month because of, <laughs> of when I came in. So, well, nice. 
Nice. Yeah. Excellent. It's a big change. Waking up early in the morning. Not not the, the greatest feeling in the world, yeah. but I'll adjust. All right. Yeah. Do you want you want to re, you want me to read my My Myers Briggs? Oh, okay. That sure. be fun. Uh, it's been a while since I took it. Mm-hmm. I the last time I took it, which was like decades ago, <laughs> um, I was the I was INT. And then, like, kind of in between J and P. So the clarity or the yeah the clarity of preferences was slight. Yeah, on on the last one. Okay. Which was the I forget the one that was like the, like architect or something. I don't know. Oh, it doesn't. It only tells me what mine is. All right. Yeah. I'm a. Uh, and I'll have you read this and comment on it. I'll right. read it out loud and comment on it. I am a... I, and you asked us to guess what yours was, and yes. I was like one of the things away from it. Yep. Efficient organizer. I am an... Efi- I think so. Where the hell did it go? Somewhere in here. Eh, whatever. Anyway, if you're not familiar with Myers-Briggs, and I feel like most people probably <laughs> are, it's it, it and DISC, and there are others. It's a personality. It's, it's a way of... Using preference ranking in a very big test to identify your preferences, in this case, in personality. Yeah. And it's, whether it's useful or not is kind of debatable. It's very um, based in Carl <laughs> Jung. Yeah. And there's a mother-daughter who were not scientists. They were not psychologists. Right. They developed it, but they corresponded with Carl Jung. And, and the story goes that he signed off on it. He said, yes, I give this my blessing. This, this is good. <laughs> Because he based it on his work. Yeah. So it'd be um, like if Mike you came to me and said, "I'm basing something off of your podcast podcast," and I'd be like, "Yes, that is a good idea." So it's it it's interesting. It's not necessarily that much better than say a horoscope, but it's. Uh, I would say it's a little better. Than a horoscope. little bit, not. Still. Horoscope, horoscope has one question on a test, and it's what <laughs> what is your birth date. This had ninety questions and it had to rank a bunch of the same shit. I, I will say that when I when I take it, I think I've taken it like two or three two or three times, and I, I tend to get the same thing mm-hmm. each time. So it's consistent. So there's some consistency there. Um, it's it's up for debate of how uh, how helpful it actually is. You would but say let's that, go. you developer. Yes, your type description, ESTJ, getting it done and getting it right. I don't, I'm just reading things over here. That's fine. Practical, realistic, matter-of-fact decisive quick to implement decisions i i'll give you that you know you 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 make a decision you you go you run with it uh you don't like to to waste any any time between you know if if something can be done at at this point you will want to do it exactly but i don't rush into my decision making it's just once the decision is made i like to enact it right. right away uh organize projects and people to get things done as efficiently as possible Take care of routine details. Hmm. So, I mean, you like to to have a routine? I'm very routine-oriented. Mm-hmm. And even the minutiae of my routine, I will enact every day. All right. Follow their own logical standards and want others to do the same. Now, this is interesting because you you will quickly um, get irritated by somebody else's standards or or rules or logic if they don't make sense to you. Yes. That's pretty I'm nodding very largely. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Nope, absolutely true. Uh, Forceful in implementing their plans. You will do what I am planning on doing now. 
is how I say things. Okay. Never. <laughs> <laughs> so that is that last one a little bit. Um. I so we talked about this. So the the woman who uh, my my teammate who gave me the test and then had a little workshop with me afterwards. We talked about how th- this is natural inclination, mm-hmm. but the older you get, especially the more these tendencies are tempered, tempered by Ooh. yeah, nice <laughs> by emotional intelligence. And so I, I outlined some situations where it was absolutely accurate, but mm-hmm. the, I, I explained like the thought process and the kind of choke moment I would have where <laughs> like I, I could tell someone the truth or I could take their feelings into account and my inclination is to tell them the truth, but then I would actually stop. And force myself to take their feelings into account. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah, that's... That's so nice of you. Ah, whatever. <laughs> it's weakness. It's inefficient. <laughs> uh, just sort of... I don't want to read this whole thing. Yeah, it's okay. ESTJs like to organize projects, procedures, and people. And then act to get things done. Well, I guess we kind of covered that. <laughs> um, ESTJs take an objective approach to problem solving and are tough when the situation requires it. Come on. You know I am. Okay. It's still kind of a weird phrasing for that. Well, versus someone who will not get their back up and, you know, kind of stand up for yeah. something they don't agree with. Like me. <laughs> Basically you. Yes. <laughs> uh, they like to organize their life and work, and they have little patience with confusion, inefficiency, or lack of follow-through. All of that is true. Hmm. Uh, ESTJs tend to be logical, analytical, objectively critical, decisive, and assertive. At the same time, though, and I I pegged you for one that was slightly different, that was Mm. more of the... The N? The leader uh, version of this. Mm. Whereas this isn't... This isn't, like, the, the hardcore leader profile. This is more of the... You would be like an advisor to the leader, telling them what I, to do. I have been running away from management my entire life. Mm-hmm. I've never wanted to be in charge. And I think that's that's probably the difference that I didn't take into account. Yeah, because yes, I have the qualities of someone who probably would seek out leadership. But I recognized years ago that I am way better as an ind- individual contributor. Mm-hmm. Which, if you're not familiar with that phrase in the corporate world, it's you know just your basically someone who does things rather than manages Mm -hmm. so i am happier and better at being an ic than i am a manager so So you need you need a manager who recognizes what your value is and listens to you and gets the fuck out of my way (laughs) most of the time my last couple of bosses but also tells people okay you need to do what this guy says i don't i no i don't need that actually i don't (laughs) want that i want to earn that okay i want people to see i judge my my most the only quality I judge other people by, especially at work, is competence. Mm-hmm. Right? So if you appear lazy, but I see you get your job done, great. Mm-hmm. You're awesome. But if I get the the sense that you don't do your work or you don't have follow through, you don't do good work, you don't care, you don't put attention to detail, that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. then I disregard you as being you know superfluous to the needs mm-hmm. that I have. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that's that's my approach. All right. And again, all of this is tempered by years of soft skills training and, you know, actually living in the real world. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's skip to the last one. Huh? Let's see what we got. Uh, sometimes the circumstances have not supported the ESTJs in the development and expression of their thinking and sensing preferences. If they have not developed their thinking, ESTJs may not have a reliable way 
of evaluating information and thus may make inconsistent or, or overly harsh decisions. I did that when I was younger, for sure. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I like this. Disc doesn't do this as much as Myers-Briggs, but Myers-Briggs gives you this, like, if you develop your other characteristics, they're going to round you out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then we talk, we, that's why we were talking about that, you know, like, thought process behind stuff. All right. Uh, if they have not developed their sensing, they may make decisions too quickly. And that, before yeah. they have taken in enough information. I did that so much in my 20s. <laughs> so much of my failure as an actor can probably be tied to that, specifically. Huh. And the fact that I, I just sucked at auditioning. Aww. <laughs> um, then their decisions will reflect their previously formed judgments or biases. Okay, so that... Yeah, it sounds like ESTJs can sort of get, get stuck in a rut mm-hmm. of making the same mistake over, mistake and, over, over and over again. Sign of insanity. Hmm. Which apparently Einstein did not say, even though he's credited with that. <laughs> so you you think that's pretty accurate? I think I think it's pretty accurate. I think that I'm well rounded. Uh, I also had to work very hard because I was DISC certified. I familiar. They all use the same instrument on the back end, mm-hmm. and so I had to rush through this test. Ninety two questions. It's probably better that way that you're like they say going to do that without yeah without yeah but, having too much time to think about things. And I think anyone with half a brain will eventually figure out what's going on. But the problem with with for me is I. I know I'm the mechanics on the back end of mm-hmm. what it's tilting because it's always a four scale axis. Right. So I was like, and I caught myself. I'm like, no, 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 no. Is I had to stop and think: Is that the choice I really would make in this situation, or is it because I know the outcome it's going to produce? <laughs> so the fact that I thought that means that my results are a little suspect. But I agree with them overall. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. So it's it's fun, and that's about all it is. Yeah, <laughs> I agree with that. I like disc because it's all about communication. Specifically, how would you like to be communicated with? So I see mm-hmm. that actually as being more practical than this. But they they didn't do that. They no, really... DISC never caught on the way Myers-Briggs did. Hmm. Although I think that DISC is more actionable. I, From what little I know of, of both systems, I would, I would lean towards that also. And the other cool thing about DISC that Myers-Briggs, I guess, can do at a deeper level. And you have like, a, like my boss is, I guess, she has like a master certification in Myers-Briggs. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I didn't know that I, like, disc, I don't <laughs> okay. think disc has that Myers-Briggs has like six Sigma black belt kind of level of like knowledge. Uh, and I know, I know your feelings on this, okay. but, um, disc, bye, bye, bye. <laughs> <laughs> and that's fair, <laughs> uh, but disc, what, what's really cool about disc, the thing that I think sets it apart is not only is it about communication, but it gives you two results, two sets of results. It gives you your natural preference for how you want to be communicated with and communicate. And then it gives you your your current adaptation. So the idea is, and, and mine changed over time because my roles changed. But I was at, the more you're adapting, the more you're changing to suit your job specifically, mm-hmm. the unhappier you are. Hmm. And heavy adaptation, mm-hmm. more than 30 or 40 points on the various axes, is a pretty clear indication that you're going to burn out. Okay. And I've seen that. Tested it myself, and it's utterly accurate. Uh, disc also, and I think Myers Briggs is probably like this too. But if you try to game disc, or <laughs> if you have suffered a truly horrific trauma recently, you can tell. And I actually had a conversation with someone. So the results get like weird. They, they get impossible. Yeah, <laughs> like everything will be below a certain point that that can't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, or everything will be above it. And it's like you're you're making shit up. <laughs> like that's clearly no one is like this. So you're clearly full of shit. But I had a conversation, I was doing a coaching session with someone in my old job and I, and I, and they were new. So it was, it was kind of a 
the long shot because when you're new, you don't really know how you're adapting yet. Mm -hmm. But I said to this, this person, this individual, I said, did you lose someone recently? And they got really weirded out. Wow. <laughs> and they said, yeah, like one of my closest mentors, they, they just died like a couple weeks ago. Oh, wow. And they, and they were like, how do you, how did you know? I said, you're hurting. <laughs> your, your <laughs> results clearly say that. And, you know, I just want you to be aware that like, I'm very sorry for your loss and just make sure that you're working through this because wow. it is in fact really heavily influencing you. So oh yeah, that was really interesting. That was like a crazy moment. So <sighs> that alone kind of made me think like there's some science to it. Mm hmm and it all comes from the dude who invented Wonder Woman, <laughs> who had two partners and two women, and he combined their personalities into Wonder Woman. <laughs> and and yeah, he lived in like that. He was. Just Did you see that movie about him? Yeah. Oh no. I mean, you know, they they just they just had a movie about him like mm -hmm. in the last year or so. No, I didn't. Yeah. Oh. Super interesting dude. Yeah. Well, we should watch that movie sometime. Yeah, I would really enjoy watching that. <laughs> um, yeah, well, it's like crazy progressive for the 1950s. Yeah, I forget what the name of it is, but yeah, it was like, it was kind of a, a it was supposed to be pretty good. Is it one came out women? last year. Uh, I, I, something like that. I don't remember. Uh, but it did not infringe on the DC whatever rights. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, at least they had one good movie. <laughs> yeah. Um... Speaking of movies, yeah, we finally did it. We finally did it. We did. We saw the big one the of big, the summer. The big the summer ten year payoff. Yes. Ten well, year, part one. Part one of, the payoff. of the payoff of ten years of investment in the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, of yeah. which you are currently uniquely <laughs> situated for the follow up. Oh my gosh! Um, so I, I feel like at this point, Infinity War has been out. Good. Yeah, I think we were like the last people who saw it. Yeah, so they're the we're planet. literally spoiling it for no one <laughs> at this point. Like, if aliens discover this recording somehow a million years from now, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, Infinity War, Galaxor, we saw that, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. All right, so yeah, but there, we, we will be discussing Infinity War spoilers and whatnot from here on in. Yeah, which were pretty hard. I mean, the big, the big spoiler was pretty hard to avoid. There were so many references to it after a while on the internet. Yeah. Um, so as obviously predicted, lots of people died. <laughs> half of, half of everyone. Yeah. And I think more than half of the, of the Marvel characters. Well, cause a few died before the infinity snap. Yeah. So yes, you're technically correct. Like on a very technical level. Yes. More than half. And yeah, I, I read a little bit about it and you know, some of the reviews and some of the comments. And so it's interesting cause some of the, the, the like the, like the even the the big website uh, comments, just articles about it, we're getting a couple of things that I know are wrong. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, really specifically, and let's just jump into it about Gamora. Oh, okay. Um, I I saw I forget where it was one of the one of the big nerd websites <laughs> was talking about. Yeah, Gamora is, is dead, and you know it's 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 a tough thing. For them to do, but they should probably, you know, leave her dead. And you're like, that's and not like that's not happen. no, that's not happening, man. <laughs> and the argument, I can understand the argument in that she died before, so in yeah. Thanos's Infinity Snap did not kill her, right? So therefore, she can't because and let's let's just call it what it is. They killed Spider Man and Black Panther. 
right. who are huge <laughs> franchises for them, and yeah. they would never and do Spider-Man that. Spider-Man literally has a movie coming out next year. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was reading an article <laughs> and they were like, that alone undercuts, you know, <laughs> a lot about that scene. We know Black Panther's coming back because he, he did crazy box office. There is no way they're not doing that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but let, I'm going to jump right in and go to the Gamora one. Okay, I would like to actually discuss like your opinion of the movie as a whole, but we can we can wrap okay. with that. We can wrap with that. I'll, we'll hit that definitely. But um, the important thing is that uh, Gamora gets killed, sacrificed, sacrificed to the Soul Stone in order, in order to get it to get the Thanos Soul Stone. To get it, yeah. Now, one thing that the most of the people that are not like longtime comic book nerds and haven't been reading seventies Captain Marvel, Marvel yeah. ep- uh, comics for the past year. <laughs> From from the beginning up until now, um, what most people don't watching the movie don't understand about the the Soul Stone traditionally is that people can live inside the Soul Stone and only the Soul Stone. The it, other stones, are yeah, I think the Soul Stone is the only one. Um, it has its own like world. If you go in there, it's like everything is great. <laughs> it's not a bad place to be. It's like heaven. Yeah, it's no. kind of, it's like, it's, things are cool. You've got like, ha, you know, forests and whatnot. It's all beautiful in there. Everything you want is taken care of. Right on. Yeah, it's it's not too bad. Um, and people can be inside it and just live there for however long and then come out later. Okay, so they can come out. Yes. Yeah, it's not a one-way trip. Hmm. So... There's, I am about 99 point... No, I'm 100% sure that, that <laughs> that's what happened to Gamora. Um, and she's going to be coming... She's going to be in the Soul Stone for however long she needs to be. And she's going to come out later. So, the actress can go off, do some other movies, take a break. No, nah, I think she's definitely going to be in the next Avengers movie. <laughs> oh, you think they're going to understand oh, yeah. that quickly? Okay. Yeah. I thought maybe they'd save that for Guardians, but... No. no? I, well, okay. probably not. Um... So there's that. So it, it for all of you, uh, Gam- is it Gamora or Gamora? I don't. I, mean, I call her Gamora. Gamora. That yeah. sounds good. Well, because they said, you know, where is? I Gamora? I can't remember how they pronounce it. Yeah. When, where is Gamora? Who is Gamora? Why is Gamora? I'm pretty sure they say Gamora. Probably. Okay. Which was a great Drax. Drax always just fucking. <sighs> oh my god. Kills me. His humor is so oh, good. Yeah. Dave Dave Bautista. Oh my god! Who knew? <laughs> Oh man, the whole invisible. Bit. He just nails it every time. Every time. Uh, um. Anyway, she's definitely going to be back. Okay. Are you going to say like the minute you see Adam Warlock anywhere, you're like, oh, Gamora's back. Because <laughs> like, isn't he the one who goes to the Soul Stone? Okay, that was the other. Um, stop squeaking on this chair. <laughs> the there there were. Should we talk about just the movie in general before we get into the the, the end of it? Yeah, because there's some hardcore Marvel canon. There was there was a lot of stuff. I I think they did a. I really liked the movie. I'm just gonna put it out there. Right, right there with I, you. I really enjoyed it. It was epic. It was funny. Erica enjoyed it. And there she was hates stuff action. for everyone. Everyone. They cut the action scenes so that there wasn't massive battle scenes, which you know, like Erica gets really bored by. Yeah, and they were pretty fast and, and tended to wrap up pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really funny. The pacing was was spot on for the whole movie, and I the thought. characters were very consistent. Yeah. Did you see that all the directors of the other franchises were uh, like contributed? Oh, really? Yeah, no, they I were didn't in the credits. John Favreau for the Iron Man movies, and uh, of course, uh, Guardians. You know, what's his face, James yeah. Gunn. Um, one of the things I really enjoyed was that they had they had so many times where 
where characters from the different franchises met and they just let them go at each other and, and play yep. for a few minutes. Yeah. yeah. Those were, I think, the best moments. Um, with Thor with the Guardians of the Galaxy crew. Um, that was early on. Iron was... Man and uh, Doctor Strange. Yeah. Really <laughs> You're like, these guys are both basically... Assholes. So they're both assholes. <laughs> and that that played out beautifully. Exactly how you would think it would. Yeah. Um, and Spider-Man just being like, I, I'm... Happy to be here with everyone. With this crazy, powerful suit. Yeah, all right, cool. <laughs> uh, man. The the only... Dis- well, there are some disappointments, but I am I may be nitpicking here. I'm sure you uh, are. They, they didn't give T'Challa enough to do. Yeah. He was like... just He had like maybe five lines in the whole movie at the most. He was like, I've got the place where we're going to fight. Yeah. That's my purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they they certainly could have given more stuff to him. I agree. And his and his crew. His cadre. Yeah. But the Wakanda battle scene was pretty pretty cool. Yeah, I guess that that one well, that was kind of the big the big battle scene for the the movie. Well, yeah. one of them. God, it's hard to keep track. Um, Josh Brolin nailed it. Oh yeah. my god, he was so. Thanos is a tough character to sell, and his historical reasoning for why he's <laughs> doing everything in the Infinity Gauntlet is batshit crazy. It it's it is crazy. Um, in the comic, in the comic, it's crazy. Yes, in the comic, he's doing all the same stuff, going after the stones, trying to kill half Nothing, the universe, but not at a summit. because he is literally in love with death. The personification. The personification of death. Of just death. some chick. And death is is an actual character, right? And he's got kind of a, a weird history with her. Um, he's in love with her, infatuated with her, and he wants to kill all these people as a, a, a kind of a of sacrifice, as a token of, in, of love yeah, to get yeah. her to get her attention. And then Mephisto, the devil, is sort of hanging out with him during all this. Well, in some uh, that gets. Man, how deep down this rabbit not hole very, are not we very, going to go? Not very. The because point, I can go all the all the way down. I can the go point all is, the way down. The point is, the writers of the original Infinity War saga were on drugs when they wrote it. They have admitted this. Mm-hmm. You can't not think that as you're reading it. Yes. And it sort of just reads a, a sort of nudge, nudge, wink, wink, let's throw kind of B-level powered characters at Thanos and just watch him kill them one by one, which is what happens in the comic pretty quickly. Yeah, in the comics, what happens is, is Thanos gets... It's like it's like in Dragon Ball when people are like one-upping each other, or right. I'm going right, to level right. up, or I'm going to... He's like, okay, I'm a god. I am the universe. I literally control I literally, everything. I become the universe. <laughs> um, I am infinity. All right. And so they, you know, they have to keep ramping up all the different... Uh, heroes and characters who are going up against him. Doesn't Cyclops just gets show up? absurd. Like Cyclops shows up and he's just like no, and he just sends him flying off into space. He just freezes and asphyxiated. Yeah, he's just I like so. you weren't even you weren't ever in this fight, dude. Just fuck off. Um, so they they gave him that sort of omnipotence in this movie, mm-hmm. but they really dialed it down. I think appropriately. It was a tough thing to do, I think. Well, his reasoning and his pathos and his ethos were what impressed me. So I thought that Killmonger in Black Black Panther was probably the strongest villain of, ever of any of the Marvel movies. Yes. 
And Thanos seems like he's going to be such a difficult villain to pull off. Mm-hmm. But his reasoning, again, on a, on a, maybe not as much as Killmonger, but his reasoning makes sense, mm-hmm. as horrific as it is. And it's not even that it's crazy. It's just sociopathic. He lacks any sense of empathy or like... Mostly, except for his feelings about Gamora. But that's Gamora. not... Gamora. But that's not what he does. I'm talking about specifically what he's setting out to do. I think, though, I think there is some empathy there that he's just, but he's so yeah. fixated on his, his solution. Right, but he doesn't feel bad about his solution. He feels bad about killing his adopted daughter. I'm just saying, like, yeah. when you could, there's, you know, several billion lives difference between the two. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, at that point, it's such a big, he does such a big thing. I don't know if any, any mind of any cosmic being could really fathom it. But uh, he did a great job in the role. Yes. And the writers did a great job of giving him a reasoning and a point. And again, pathos and ethos. Yes. And I think some people, I, I, I read some criticism of that, which I disagree with. It was that, 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 well, if he was so powerful, why didn't he just like double the food amount? And that was, if you, they, they really, they limited his power to, to an extent where he. We can only really affect reality in his own presence. Yeah. So he couldn't do he, that. I, yeah, I don't think he had that sort of... And I think he recognized it. There were so many complex other variables involved in yeah. trying to like make more food or double food production everywhere. But the food wouldn't or, solve population I know, problems. I know it wouldn't. It wouldn't. So it's really it's a like, bad this is, this, this is easier, much easier to do <laughs> to just kill half the people. Well, but I mean, I think, it, I think it's a little deeper than that. He watched, before he had these powers, he watched his own people succumb to this yeah so he made a decision and he's obviously a being of incredibly strong will and willpower yes so he's not going to be swayed even if someone made a good case and a way for him to do that i don't think he would change his mind he saw an entire civilization fall due to this so he's going to enact his plan if at all possible Mm -hmm. but there's and i was reading some interviews with the the russos and there was a lot of decisions they made because because people kept asking them well it doesn't basically Star-Lord fuck it up for everyone. And they're like, listen, he, yes, <laughs> but so does Thor. Because just like Thanos said, Thor could have killed him before he snapped his finger. Yes. But he was in, he was angry and he wanted to savor his revenge. Mm-hmm. And just like Thanos said, you should have aimed for my head. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Thanos falls under that same sway of they're still... <laughs> He's still mortal, and he still has a way of thinking that has been tempered by his experiences. What what Thor and Star-Lord do is do because of loss. The mistakes they make are rather stupid and costly, but they're because they've lost someone. Mm-hmm. You could say the same thing about Thanos. He lost an entire civilization. Mm-hmm. And so what he's doing is trying to prevent that from happening elsewhere. Now, is it the right choice? No. But, <laughs> again, good actor, good writing. Yeah. It works. I think it works. Um Man, what, what else? Things happen so fast. That was a uh, the movie just sort of flew by. So, what do you think of the whole Hulk thing? I thought that was interesting. Um, I had a theory, but I now know that that theory is wrong. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, it I, must tie I back mean, to Ragnarok, right? Yeah, it does. And if if we were following more closely in Ragnarok. Which, Which I think where you're kind of like. Mm, well, I really do not like that movie. I, well, you were lukewarm. I was less than lukewarm. So, um, Hulk's thing is that he's like kind of tired of just being taken for. Oh, come on, Hulk, go beat up things. Right. He wants to be more of a 
full person. Yeah. And I I think that was I again this is based on stuff I've read now. Mm-hmm. I think that the directors have confirmed that that was the reasoning for for Hulk that he's he just was like I'm I'm tired of doing this shit. I'm tired of cleaning up after you guys. Well, the funny thing is it's good because he's been a Deus Ex Machina of sorts for a while. Yeah. Know? So I thought that it was a good, it was a, it was a nice choice to put yourself in danger of not having the Hulk trump card. Yeah, you know, and, and some, also you put some Bruce people Banner. had like speculated that oh, is he just afraid now that he got his ass kicked? No, that's that's really no, no. He kept saying no, no, no. I, it, besides, you got Bruce Banner running around in the Hulkbuster, which I <laughs> very much enjoyed. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah, because Minecraft. Oh, what he's the best Hulk. He's the best Bruce Banner, <laughs> for sure. Um, funny aside, so one of the mothers of one of my son's daycare classmates, her boyfriend's name is Mark, and he is constantly confused for Mark Ruffalo. He looks just like him. And his name is Mark. So, like, we've met a couple times, and he never remembers because it's long periods of time, and, you know, he's always, like, at an event where he meets a lot of parents. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we, I just ran into him again, and uh, we were being reintroduced. I'm like, no, oh, I remember you. You're Mark. Who looks like Mark Ruffalo? He goes, "Oh yeah, yeah." He's like, "Just the other day, someone was trying to take a picture with me," and I'm like, "I'm not that Mark." Uh, <laughs> yeah, the drag the the dra- I don't know why, but the drag's invisible. I'm invisible because I move so slowly. I, I could not get over how funny that whole bit was. Uh, the the line I can't get out of my head was. Um... Was Rocket saying, oh, I'm going to get that arm. I know. <laughs> and you're like, wait, is he? Oh, shit. <laughs> How much for your gun? How much for your arm? Oh, I'm going to get that arm. <laughs> and then the eyeball bit. Eric, yeah. Erica was like, wait, was that the eyeball from the prison in the first Guardians? But I, I guess not. Cause he's wow, like, I don't remember. I don't remember that. I don't. I think the eye was actually a big cybernetic implant, not just the eyeball. Okay. But there was a, I'm pretty sure it was a bit about an eye. Oh, no, it was a leg. It was a leg. Oh, okay. I need that guy's leg. And he's like, I was just kidding about that. Yeah, no, it wasn't an eye. It was a leg. I just, <laughs> I just now remember that scene. <sighs> um, <clears throat> what else? So, so you want to talk? So, okay. So you enjoyed the movie. I enjoyed the movie. I did as well. Yeah. The writing, the time. directing, the character consistency. Flew by. It, can you believe that they originally were going to do the snap and the results of the snap in the beginning of Avengers 4? It would have lost so much if they did that. Yeah, no. I mean, even... even You want people to sit with the loss for a while. I mean, at least do the snap and then the fear of the loss. But can you imagine mm. not even doing the snap? No, no, I'm saying I, I, they made the right choice. But not doing either? That's crazy. No. Because, I, I, I mean, this needs to be... And people really need to understand that there's going to be another one next year. Right. <laughs> there's going to be the follow-up. Um, but this is like... It's like... Empire Strikes Back. You need yeah. that. You guys have gotten your ass kicked, and the the fans just need to sit with that for a while. That's right. For for less for a year, I read a really great article. You probably read the same one where they're like, "So there's a weird problem that that uh, uh, Sony has where we have a Spider-Man movie coming out <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> two months after Avengers." So there, and and it was genuinely a, a very good question. They're like, "How do you promote that? Like, what is it?" Do you have to do a timeline thing? It would have to be a prequel, uh, some sort of prequel. Exactly. Yeah. And they were saying, apparently, the goal with Spider-Man is to do one for every, a movie for every year of his high school. Mm-hmm. So he was a senior in this, apparently, mm-hmm. if you do the math. So he, they would be back in time. But they're like, we can't. I mean, that'd be so confusing for audiences. 
they're like, maybe they just worked out at Marvel told them you can't promote Spider-Man until Avengers 4, which gives <laughs> them two months, which seems like a lot, but that's like not a lot of time for mm-hmm. comic book movie promotion standards. But it's a funny, like, just these weird logistical things because it's so complicated. It's kind of dumb because, I mean, people are going to know. There's a Spider-Man movie. Well, so, I, I don't know. There, there's, it, the, the really interesting about this is there's so many levels of audience for this. Yeah, There's like, true. you know, Joe average audience who's just kind of, you know, what? going from one movie to another. What? How, he was the one done? guy in yeah. the audience who gasped <laughs> when people started to die. Did you, did you hear the one <laughs> no, guy? In our, I didn't, so I we were in a pretty that. small theater because we saw it so late. But one dude, oh no, one, one dude goes, what? When Thanos snapped his fingers. <laughs> it's like the one guy in the world is like, oh, that, oh, no. <laughs> All those people died. Oh, my God. Well, Tom Holland didn't help because he tweeted, you know, so if you've all seen Avengers. Uh, I'm sorry to say that the next Spider-Man movie was obviously canceled. And then people were like, <laughs> <laughs> believing that. I was like, guys, come on. How dumb are you? <laughs> uh, Tom Holland is having fun with you. Yeah. So then, and then there's the, like, the hardcore fans um, who would be more... Well, there's the hardcore MCU fans. Yeah. Who know the movies and who are probably educated enough to say, okay, clearly with the stinger and everything, something's going to undo this. People who know, like, the... Know what movies are going to be coming out. When. Right. Right, right, right. All you need to do is look at IMDb to know what's going to get undone. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's real. And then there's the you and me's of the world who, like... And you more than me who've read the comics. Yeah. <laughs> and have a stronger understanding of how it works. So that gets us to um, towards the end of the movie. After When the credits were rolling, I turned to my wife and I said, there yeah. are two things that I was expecting to see that I did not see yet. One of them is Adam Warlock, who has been teased in t- both of the Guardians movies. Correct. But in different ways. Yeah. They said that, the, oh, we, we screwed up that first one because he was... The, the that open weird lumpy egg thing, the cocoon, the yeah. cocoon at the very very end of the first Guardians movie was a a reference to Adam Warlock, right? And then they were like, eh, okay, we didn't really mean that. <laughs> and Howard the Duck, whatever. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. So in the second Guardians movie, you actually have them saying, "We've just created Adam," meaning Adam Warlock, right? Um. And that was, I think, the more uh, canon, canon, official, yes. like, this is Adam This Warlock. is Adam Warlock here. Mm-hmm. He's now been introduced. Uh, and he has an incredibly strong connection to the, the gauntlet, the soul stones, the, the beating Thanos stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been incredibly... You, you can't beat Thanos without, without. <laughs> Adam Warlock. Right. Especially when he's got, got all the stones. Uh, Adam and, has like lived in the Soul Stone for however long he's been in and out of the Soul Stone. But they're not going to do that here because the they're time, not going to do that. The but they're they're still. I mean, it's it's clear that they've established Adam Adam Warlock is a character in this universe. Now. Correct. Um, they have not established what his relation to the the Soul Stones is right. or the the any of the stones. But it's going to have to be there. Well, I don't know. I feel like they might be subbing Captain Marvel in a bit for his role. All right. Um, the second thing was Captain Marvel. Right. <laughs> um, and this goes back to the comics. Thanos was originally um, a main villain for Captain Marvel. So 
he kind of grew out of, you know, fighting Marvel to eventually just fighting the Avengers and the rest of the Marvel Universe. To just fighting everyone. Yeah, just fighting everyone. But um, there's always been a, a connection between Thanos and, and Captain Marvel going to each other. Th- Captain Marvel was the first one to really de- defeat him mm-hmm. in his omnipotent state. Because, of course, Captain Marvel has power of cosmic awareness. My eyes are filled with stars. <laughs> and we also, even going into this, knew beforehand that there's going to be a Captain Marvel movie next year. Yep. Brie Larson. Yes. Brie Larson and, and Jude Law, actually. Oh, they're doing two forms of Captain Marvel? Yes. Oh. So what we what we know now... Jude Law's going to show know, up and die. And then... Yes, Jude Law is coming in as the original Captain Marvel. Marvel, right. The, the Kree warrior who I've spent so much time talking about. Oh, here. yes. Please don't again. <laughs> I will not about, You've that. gone through this like twice now. Um, and and um, she's playing Carol Brie Danvers. Larson is, is Carol Danvers. Who's like a love interest in the comics? Who became his sort of love interest. Kyle love Moore. triangle, weird earth girl Are falling easy. first, alien superhero love interest. <laughs> Which that they never trope. really, I don't know, I don't know if it ever really took off for them. But anyway, <laughs> she is going, we know she's going to um, inherit whatever abilities they, they bring, they give him in this iteration. Right. And she's going to become the new Ms. Marvel slash Captain Marvel. Okay, I was wondering how she ended up with the powers, because they were doing, the obviously, the Carol Danvers. Um, too, so. Yeah, in the comics, sense. it was some weird, like, explosion happened, and their DNA has got mixed, and whatever, stupid. And then the Hulk and Sandman thing. are both created as well. Yeah, Because that's, that's their sure. answer to everything. There uh, was a science explosion. thing. Science. Mega gamma particle rays. DNA. Spider bites. Stanley. Molecular level. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we've just explained the origin of every single Marvel <laughs> character ever. So, uh, saying that we before before watching the, the this Avengers movie, we knew there was going to be a Captain Marvel movie. We knew she was going to be in the universe, and I knew that she was going to be the new forebearer of the next iteration of the Marvel movies because they've been okay. saying that pretty openly. So, so and, and I'm thinking, okay, they have to have her fight Thanos. Right. You they need, have to involve Captain Marvel in the fight. You need with a crazy ace to undo this. Because, um, and this is one of the things I love about the, the Marvel movie. They've taken it, they've taken all the, the comic stuff and they've, they're not, you know, duplicating it. Mm-mm. But they're still they're pulling pieces of it. Mm-hmm. They're, they're saying, "You guys have been reading the comics for however like thirty or forty years. Here's something for you. Right. Here's a, here's a, here's a, here's a bunch of stuff for you. They do it more than Star Wars. Star Wars tossed so Disney tossed the expanded universe and has been plucking stuff back in for the fans. Mm-hmm. Um, Marvel does it better and they do it more. Okay, I'll buy that. Based on what? But, yeah. Um, so yeah, for somebody like like me who's very familiar with with the Captain Marvel, at the end of the, I'm like, why isn't wasn't there a Captain Marvel in this? <laughs> and then the very last scene after the Which credits, was a great, it was a great scene. <laughs> it was great because you let Sam do Sam Jackson right up until the moment he disintegrates. Yeah, and a little pager bit, and I was like, what is that? Oh, right. Of course. <laughs> Like, I genuinely didn't get it because it was all pixelated. I'm like, what is that? At first, I thought that was Novacore, but then I was like, oh, wait, no, that's Captain Marvel. Right, because you forgot that they said that Xandar was utterly destroyed by Thanos because that's how he got the Power Stone. Mm -hmm. He was the Power Stone. That 
the Guardians gave them to the Zendarians right. to protect. Sorry, Glenn Close. Aww. She only did that for the money. I thought they were going to do a Nova movie, though. <laughs> nope. Yeah, maybe not. But Glenn Close only did Guardians for the money. <laughs> she said that. There, I read like a BuzzFeed article of actor, actors and actresses who only did movies for the money, and she was like number six. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, what does she care? What does she, she thinks she cares about? She's a fantastic actress. She doesn't need to do Marvel movies. Oh, except, she for the, except for the dough. Doesn't need to do uh, a girl with all the gifts either, but there you go. Yeah, she was kind of random at that. <laughs> that was a little, yeah, I'll give you that. They probably paid her a buttload of money, though. Yeah, I guess. It was a good movie. But it, was it was good, but it wasn't like, oh, Glenn Close is going to be jumping at this. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Excuse me, Hollywood, I have yet to do a zombie movie. Thank you. But it has to be artistic or I won't do it. Oh, man. I'd love to see the, the zombie movie that Meryl Streep does. So there we go. For anybody listening to this who was like, what the hell was that last scene about? It was... Uh, San, uh, Nick Fury summons, calls for help, Captain Marvel. Yes. And there's obviously storyline that is going to go back in, because the Captain Marvel movie takes place in the 90s. Right. We know, and we know this already. We know this is going to... Oh, yes. Yeah, this is all been announced. common knowledge. Yeah. So that is going to backfill the how S.H.I.E.L.D. and Nick Fury... Oh, and, and I'm really excited for this. Coulson is going to be in that movie. Oh, cool. Yeah, so it's a way for Coulson to come back without hmm. breaking the rule that he can't let the Avengers see him, mm-hmm. which has been the whole S.H.I.E.L.D. conceit of this is why he's in S.H.I.E.L.D., but we can't put him back in the movies because he doesn't want the Avengers to see him alive. Hmm. Yada, yada, yada. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see that. Yeah, and I'm sure uh, at some point Thanos will be involved in that um, Captain Marvel movie. Yes. So some questions. All right. Some interesting stuff. So Erica asked me this, and uh, I I thought I had an answer, and I'm not so sure I do. But she said, "How did Tony Stark know that Thanos was behind the attack on New York?" Um. Did he? Yeah. He said, "Thanos attacked New York." He's been in my head for every day for the last three years or whatever. Did he? I think he did just he? find out. No, I think. Um... There was something there that did Bruce tell him about that? See, that, I, and I said I, think I that's could see an happened. off-camera conversation happening where 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 Bruce filled him in. Yeah, I think that's what happened because I think uh, Bruce was able to tell him, "Oh yeah, this that, that those guys that we fought." It all comes back. It to was Dennis. them. It was right. the same. But we didn't stuff. see that conversation. No. Okay. Yeah, that was my interpretation too, and she she called it as out as weak sauce, and I agree. But it was sort of a big statement, and then Thanos says, "I know." Yeah, I, know I think about you. I think I think when Tony was saying was that the the, the stuff that happened in New York has been in his head, and right. he just realized, oh, oh, that's that guy why has been in it my was head. that guy. Okay, this guy. Was I'll watch involved. it again. I'm going to pay more attention to that that line and that scene. Um, it was a little bit the, the, uh, kind of tagging in on that. It was a little weird that Loki didn't go. Oh, this is Thanos because he. Was working for him. Yeah, yeah. He, I guess he didn't realize that. Yeah, that was who he was. I thought that was odd too. And then for... he tries to kill him. Yeah, and Thanos didn't seem to have any recollection of him. Yeah, so that was a little odd miss there. Well, Thanos knew about him, right? Thanos they, knew about him. Yeah, but in these kind of movies, they tend to put a little effort into making that link obvious. They did though. They made it clear that Thanos knew all about Loki. 
Okay. He said, you, th- "There's not going to be a resurrection this time." Oh yeah, he did say that. So he knew. I got up to go to the bathroom right at the beginning. Okay. <laughs> so. Yeah. So I went like I went at least I went once. I went like four times. I think I just everybody finished had to my go second to the cup of coffee. <laughs> it was not. Yeah, it was not going to make it through. Um. Yeah. Um. Did so, you read uh, why Spider-Man had such an extended death scene? Did you read the story behind that? No. So a couple things. First, everyone found that to be the most affected. You know. Like the most emotional of the the snaps. Yeah, um, everybody was like, like, oh, uh, I'm, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh no, Cap. I'm, uh, I'm, Cap. <laughs> uh, although the what was it, um, War Machine calling for Sam for Falcon, looking for him, and he like fades away right in front of me, doesn't see him. I thought that was a nice little like. Uh. Um, so a couple things about that. So first of all, that was all improvised, which I thought was cool. Okay, and it was weird because nobody else seemed to be in like to be feeling anything. Well, I'm gonna get they to that in a second. They've explained like, that. Okay, and it makes perfect sense. Um, but yeah, so all of Is that it spidey sense. It was a spidey sense. Yeah, so that so that someone asked the Russo's and they said yeah. So his spidey sense, which they've only 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 actually acknowledged in this movie when his hair stand on end at the, mm-hmm. begin, at the beginning, because they never actually said he has a Spider-Man sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, his spidey sense lets him know that his death is imminent and that's why he feels sick hmm. because something is happening and he doesn't fade away right immediately because he can tell something's about to happen. He doesn't know what, mm-hmm. um, but so a big studio executive fought to not kill him because it was such a devastating, even to them, it was devastating, like on an emotional level. Um, and it was largely improvised. Hmm. So I mean, it was all interesting, kind of adds up to a very interesting death scene. Wow. Even though it's going to be undone. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so there was a lot of questions of well, why did he have such a long? Did you hear that uh, in in Antwerp, a a, a local <sighs> oh, movie theater Belgium? in Belgium in Antwerp, uh, accidentally found and used a fan poster that prominently featured Hawkeye. Oh, for the <laughs> Avengers: Infinity War. Weird. Awkward. Since yeah. He's not in the movie. Um. Yeah, I guess he's supposedly doing going off and doing his own thing. No, he's he's retired. Oh. He's under house arrest and happy with it. Yeah, oh, but I thought that. there was going to be... I, I thought there was talk of him and Black Widow doing something in the movie. Uh, maybe. I don't know when that movie takes place, but... Because there's said, also talk about um, Ant-Man being under house arrest, and we know there's an Ant-Man movie coming out next yes, year. Yes, which... Uh, I don't know. I, I, I enjoyed the first Ant-Man, but it what didn't have a huge like impact on me. No. Um, but yeah, I'll watch they, another one, sure. Yeah, I'll, yeah, exactly. I'll watch another one, sure. <laughs> That's it'll, it'll make me laugh. Yeah, yeah, the trailer looks it's, it's kind of like, funny. It's the, the, the light filler in between major Avengers movies. Exactly. <laughs> it's that cream between the two Oreo weepers. Yeah. But yeah, there's someone said like, yeah, Clint and his wife are under house arrest and that's it. Hmm. So. Okay. Um, um, wh- interesting tidbit I ran across when looking about looking uh, up stuff. Excuse me. Uh, apparently some of the, the toys. Mm-hmm. Were misleading. <laughs> they released. Yeah, there were like there was some art and then some I guess toys based on some art, oh, like early was, concept art or something. Maybe that was like totally. Um. What well, what I saw was, uh, there. I think there's at least two of these out there. There's a toy that's um, a Hulk busting out of the Hulk Buster armor. <laughs> <laughs> So they saw the concept art where he kind of half comes out of Bruce at one point and then goes back in and they're like, oh, okay. Well, they have like, they have, they have this toy that, that is, it's, it's the Hulk inside Hulk Buster armor and you and push a button and like he breaks out of it. Right. Yeah. I yeah. Could, I could definitely see how that got 
And there's some concept art of literally of Hulk breaking out of the armor. So people were expecting that to happen. And they made it look like it was going to. Yeah. 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 All right. And Doctor Strange is weirdly hard to find a toy of in this. No, that's weird. Yeah, you told me about that. Yeah. So my son. So interestingly, he just his movie wasn't that popular. (laughs) Right. I get that, but he is a prominent character in this movie. You can't deny that, and he's pretty cool in the movie. Yeah. But uh, and I just the last thing I want to talk about is we're almost out of time. Um. So my so Simon loves this uh, because he loves monsters because the child has no fear of things children are only afraid of. There's an animated movie that's like Halloweeny. Mm-hmm. And like Hulk and Doctor Strange team up with some other monsters to fight other monsters. Oh, and, and Nightmare who must love that then. Fucking loves it. <laughs> <laughs> loves it. But the funny thing is the the crux of the story is exactly a continuation of what's happening between Bruce and the Hulk in this. Oh. So both Eric and I were like, this isn't no, that's that's too weird. That this movie would have presaged that. Hmm. Um But uh that's an aside. So Simon loves Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. He's seen the character. He makes me like quote the movie and we fight, <laughs> like mm-hmm. when we play fight and stuff. Uh, and so all he wants is a Doctor Strange toy. And because the movie was not a big hit, um, there is, there's just not a lot of normally priced Doctor Strange action <laughs> figures floating around. And so when Avengers came out, Eric and I are like, oh, we should be able to make 10 bucks before we get an action figure. There's no fucking Doctor Strange anywhere. If you go on Amazon, people will comment on how hard it is to get these figures. And they're like 30 <laughs> bucks for like just a stupid action figure. And we're like, so we told Simon like, okay, for Christmas, you can get either one of the discontinued Ninja Turtle toys. You can ask for one of those because they're about the same price. 30 bucks for an action figure that's going to get opened and played with. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe we'll do a Doctor Strange. Like, At this point, Simon probably has no concept of... None whatsoever. Oh, the fans of it... Um, Run up the price on your the toys. Right. This is a supply and demand thing, right? That, <laughs> yeah, okay. you have to understand. Yeah, no, con- no concepts. You know, sometimes things get, get discontinued, and that drives the price. We've way actually up. explained that about and Ninja Turtles, a- and he gets it. <laughs> he actually understands that because we'll look, and I'll be like, "Look, buddy, do you see any Ninja Turtle toys?" When we go to Target, and he goes, "No." And I said, "Do you see Star Wars toys?" Yes. Well, because the Ninja Turtles cartoon ended, and so the toys are harder to find, and now they're more expensive, so we can't buy them for you. <laughs> And except for maybe special occasions like Christmas. So he kind of gets that, but we haven't even tried to explain the Doctor Strange because it's a whole nother thing. <laughs> he kind of heard us talking about Spider-Man dying. He's like, what are you guys talking about? Uh, and we're like, oh, we saw a movie yesterday. <laughs> He's like, what movie? We're like, we'll tell you when you're older. We actually did that to him. In an extreme tangent right now. Uh-huh. I throw this in. Um, like last weekend, we watched that uh, that. Star Wars the, episode. The toys that made us. The, the, the toys, what was it? The toys that made us. The toys that made us on Netflix. It's a great documentary. It was a wonderful episode about yeah. the about all the Star Wars um, merchandising. Which is arguably the craziest toy story. Oh, of all yeah. Time. I mean, from start to finish. Oh, my God. The amount of money, the history, the availability early on. Like, everything about it is like a, like a high drama. Yeah. But they did a very good job. And so, they do Barbie, they do Transformers, they do all sorts of stuff in that series. So uh, definitely if you have any interest in that whatsoever. Even if you don't, it's still interesting. Yeah, it's so... Except for your wife who was falling asleep. But Well, she was tired. <laughs> uh, okay, so we do need to wrap. So the last thing I want to ask you, and I'm sure we probably have the same interpretation. Why did Doctor Strange give up the stone? Oh, well, obviously he'd gone through all the different, however many 14 millions, 14 million, million. 500,042 permutations. Of yeah, permutations found the one path that leads to resurrection. Everybody not dying, mm-hmm. half the people not dying. And that had to involve 
Giving the stone. Giving the stone. Everyone dying. Having Tony be alive. Right. Having Thanos win. Yeah. And then having Captain Marvel show up. Yeah. Those are all intrinsic Something. Yeah, whatever. So, um, giving the stone was part of Doctor Strange's perceived one in a million, one in 14 14, million million, shot uh, chance to have everything work out, which I'm sure it will. So, I'm calling it now. Iron Man, Tony... So he wants out. Okay. Well, one thing that we didn't see in this movie, what happened to Pepper? Yeah, that's true. We did not see whether she, she is, is gone. Oh, I live by the not. way. I did the website and I survived. <laughs> there's a website that I survived. Oh my God. Just saying I lived. I checked it on like a couple different times and I lived every time. So. <laughs> anyway, that's, that's one of the key characters yep. who is left. No mention is, 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 is made of, of her being True. poofed or okay. Or not poofed. So that's, that's when it's going to be one of the big questions that, get, that gets answered in the next uh, Avengers movie. I'm calling now. Iron Man will sacrifice himself because Robert Downey Jr. wants out of that role so badly. <laughs> and he was specifically left alive. So he obviously has to play an important part. That I think will ultimately involve his real death to go uh, altered carbon. <laughs> Maybe uh, that that's my prediction. And Captain Marvel will show up. Yes, well, obviously Captain Marvel's going to show up. <laughs> Any other predictions from you? Um, Adam Warlock's going to show up. You heard it here and first. Key, or key role. Yeah. And they're running out of time. I, I again, I'm surprised that they didn't. Uh, there's so much going on in this movie that uh, I don't know. I think they there's going to have to be Adam well. Warlock involved somehow. Got it. And More I'm not saying that because I'm like a huge Adam Warlock fan. I'm just saying that they've like they no, teased him in two movies now. Yeah, yeah, he's intrinsic in the whole like plot line, even though he's being introduced differently. But yeah, we are buddies in space. You are S. Michael Smith, and you are M. Michael Karasi. Take it away, Melanie. Buddies in Space is a stolen dress entertainment production. Visit StolenDress.com to check out other Stolen Dress podcasts, blogs, tweets, videos, and books. That was a strong drink. Yeah. Well, I finished strong. It. Yeah, I did too. Huh. I, may, I may stay a few minutes to the end tonight. <laughs> well, you know what you're going to be in, in, in for. You're going to be an audience of some interesting stuff. Uh, sometime I'll talk about my trip to Bermuda. <laughs> Oh, yeah, sorry. No, that's okay. Who's that? Infinity War, baby. Infinity War.